We'd like to welcome you to our current event in weekly Bible study for September 14th, 2014. Today's study will be pretty much, uh, unless I have extra time at the end, going into the current update on all the Ebola stuff that's been, for the most part, suppressed in the news, a, a lot of it. And um, you have to kind of fuse things together, and I've been compiling things since the last study I did on it, and now I have a whole other listing of, of, of events that are tying together here regarding that. So we're going to be going through that. <clears throat> Before we get into the study, just some Bible verses to kind of set the tone, because again, you start looking at stuff like this, and it can be really bleak, doom and gloom if you're just focusing in on what we're talking about, whether it be the one world government takeover under Antichrist and false prophet, that type of thing, or pandemics, plagues, pestilences, things of this nature. So Psalm 89, verse 6 says, For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? These all have question marks. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all of them that are about him. He's not the big guy in the sky. He's not the heavenly bellhop. He is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. This is the fear of God that the Bible talks about quite a bit, particularly in the Old Testament. <clears throat> Proverbs and Psalms in particular mentions that. And then if you also do ever do a word study on that, You'll, you'll find out that the fear of the Lord is connected with more blessings from God than about any other thing in the Bible. I mean, I understand it's not going to save you. Okay, that, that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood. And, okay, but fear of the Lord is, is integral with a Christian once he's saved. And many times it's what will also help to lead up to getting saved. I mean, you can't go to God with some flippant attitude saying, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do you a favor and get saved. You know, There needs to be a reverence and a fear of God. And, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding, wisdom, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So there's a lot of, regarding fear of the Lord, there's a lot of verses that are associated with God's protection which I think, you know, as, as things get darker and darker, you know, virtually every study that I'm doing now, <clears throat> the concept of protection of your family and yourself, obviously, you know, is a factor that we're all thinking about to a certain degree. And uh, fear of the Lord is really the linchpin, is really the key to that. So, let's go further. Uh, verse 8, Psalm 89, verse 8. O Lord, God of hosts, who is strong, Lord, like unto thee? Or to thy faithfulness round about thee? Thou rulest the raging of the sea, when the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Thou scattered thine enemies with the strong arm. He can do the same for our enemies. The heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. See, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. That's including the universe. So, I mean, there's nothing to be compared to that. 
you know, in the universe. Satan cannot compare to that. Satan can't even get on the same page. Uh, so, uh, these are things that when you really start thinking about the big picture, which is kind of what these verses are about. This is about big picture stuff. It's like, you know, God created the universe. He He can... You know, I think he can work it out for me. He can protect me. He can protect my family. I'm not saying there's people that aren't going to suffer, people that aren't going to be martyred, or things of that nature. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But God always does preserve a remnant as well. And so, and again, even if that doesn't happen in a respective Christian's case, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, which is far greater than being here is the reality. So, going further, let's see here. Um, Psalm 89, verse 13. Thou hast a mighty arm, strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. And this is important because God loves righteous justice. He loves righteous judgment, not hypocritical judgment, which is what Jesus Christ was talking about when he said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. That was a person that had a beam in their own eye and they were judging the speck in their brothers. They are hypocrites. It's like, okay, you got a beam in your own eye. You're judging the little speck in your brother's eye. That's when we don't judge. He even says to remove the beam out of your own eye so that you can judge, but judge righteously. Jesus Christ said, Judge righteous judgment. You know, he who is spiritual judgeth all things. That's These are all New Testament verses. And so, we are supposed to judge righteous judgment. God loves that. But see, now, there's so much unrighteous judgment. That's just like the the norm. You know, everywhere you, you turn, all the stuff that I go over on a weekly basis. I mean, like, with Islam having this, like, protected status almost in the world in in that that's so unrighteous to give a black devil murderous death cult all of this favor that's that's unrighteous judgment how the homosexual bisexual lesbian transgender how they have all this favor planned parenthood has all this faith and then there's all of these laws being made to protect evil and sin that is unrighteous judgment god hates that and in a society, if you look at Isaiah, and I've went over those verses before, in a society where God is withdrawing his hand, that is going to become more and more increasingly the norm. That there was no righteousness, and there was no judgment in the land. And that's when God refers to that. He means true righteousness and true judgment. Okay, And when that happens, then those verses in Isaiah says that God starts to withdraw his hand of salvation. So you're going to see less and less people getting saved. Because people's, God's going to give like society collectively over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient, meaning fitting or apt. Like the Bible talks about in Romans 1. That's what happens in that particular situation. It's just, it's just, it's a byproduct. Consciences being seared with a hot iron. Um, people departing from the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. You know, in the latter times, you know, this will happen. The, the Bible talks about, and then evil men and seducers waxing, and that word means, means growing, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13, that's how the Bible says the latter times will be. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, 
that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And that's the time we're living in right now. God is sending the strong delusion because he's giving the world what it's begging for. And they will believe a lie because they had no pleasure in seeking true truth and true righteousness. They wanted the lie. They wanted Satan. And, and, the, end, and the end of that is, is damnation. I hate to say that, but that's what the verse says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm not saying it in a sanctimonious way or that I'm happy about it. You know, I pray if it be possible, you know, as many people as possible get saved. Uh, and, and, and that's how, how our prayer should be directed. But the reality is, is, is narrow, you know, narrow be the way which lead to life eternal and few there be that find it. So, um, anyway, let's go further. So. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. These are all the attributes of God. The, I mean, like, if you were to ever see God, the, these were the attributes that would probably be strongly impressed upon you. Judgment, judgment, fear of God, mercy, truth, love, the love of God. You would probably experience a lot of this stuff maybe potentially at the same time. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but... Um, it would be, I mean, in, in, the, in the flesh, you couldn't do it. It would just be, like, overwhelming. you drop dead type of deal, you know, if you were just literally in your human body. Um, I don't think we could handle it. Uh, it would just be way too overwhelming. So, <clears throat> Psalm 89, verse 15, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And the Bible talks a lot a lot about making a joyful sound unto the Lord, praise in his name. These are things that devils and demons hate. Hate it. Um, people ask, I get a lot of emails about, okay, what do I do about this and what do I do about that? I send them my, my PDF, and I, I've talked about it online as well, on dealing with demonic or evil entities. Things that you can do like right now. One of the things I like doing is making sure in some place in the house, a Revelation CD is playing on a continuous loop 24-7. I'm telling you that makes a difference. I'm flat out telling you. If you ever had to go to some place wicked and you had a like a CD player with batteries and you took it with you, I'm not saying that you rely on the CD player, but it's the Word of God. It's the faith in the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. Okay, which is the only offensive weapon in the armor of God that's listed. If you think about it, it's the only one. Offensive. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The Bible says, It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. That's a verse that you can literally quote back to the devil, to Satan, whatever. Whatever you're dealing with. And, but you have to have faith behind it. If there's no faith behind it, then there's really no power. And um, it's also important you're using the right word because, you know, are you going to use the the hundred plus versions that are out there or thousand plus versions that are out there that spawn from the 1881 revised version of Westcott and Hort of the Bible? Or are you going to use the one that, the King James Bible, that comes from a totally different text line that has stood the test of time? You know, since 1611. The other one is corrupted. It's a corrupted word. It's a corrupted stream. So it's very important what words you're speaking back. But 
playing that in your house. Uh, another listener said to me the other night, she did me one better. She's got one, I believe, CD player doing Revelation in one room and one where there's praise music. Now, I would kind of try to stay away from the whole hyper-Pentecostal type of praise music, you know, because, you know, you want to make sure it's really, it's godly and that, and that there's no leaven in the music. And I can't really... I do... There, There is... Um, Biblical guidelines for Christian music. If you do a keyword search for that online, I know there's one website that puts out a, a whole criteria for that. I mean, you have praise music going in one room, and, and if you're under a lot of, of demonic or evil attack, I'm telling you, this is only going to help. It's sure not going to make anything worse. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Now, there's a lot of other things you can do, and I get into that in that um, uh, dealing with devils. I think if you did a search for that on my website. If not, email me and I'll email you the uh, the uh, Word document. But those are things you can do right away and can start making a difference right away in whatever situation that you're in. And um, so, uh, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, there were examples in the Bible where um, they made a joyful sound, and um, armies were defeated, you know, um, they marched around Jericho and, and blew the trumpets and, you know, and, and the walls came down, that type of thing. So there's, there's examples in the Bible of supernatural things happening, and um, in the midst of a evil, demonic, satanic type of attack on you, Praising God, praising the Lord Jesus Christ, worshiping Him is absolutely like devils hate that because you're focusing on God and you're not focusing on the devil. The devil wants you to focus on Him so you get fear. So, so He feeds off your fear. When you, when a devil feeds off your fear, guess what goes down? As much as you're as 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 fearful as you are, guess what goes down? when you're dealing with the devil. If you're like an abject fear of, of Satan or a devil or a demon or whatever, guess what? Your faith starts to just dwindle by the second. That's not faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Really, without faith, it's impossible to fight the devil. It's, it's like virtually impossible. So, faith cometh by hearing, and guess what? Hearing cometh by the word of God. There's the word of God again. Tied in with faith. Tied in with you doing battle. It's all interrelated. Now, if you don't feel like you don't have a lot of faith, well, ask God, the Bible says, for more. You know, every but to every man is appoint, appointed a measure of faith. The Bible does also say that. So not everybody has the same level of faith as the next person. So it's not something we want to go around and judge other people about. If we have, let, let's say that's one of the particular gifts you have as a Christian. And you may have, let's say you have more than, obviously it's like just obvious you have more than other another Christian. Well, that's not something you want to rub in anybody's face. I mean, that's not godly, that's not biblical, that's not going to edify that person, that's not going to build them up, that's just going to make them feel like a, uh, like, oh, well I'm inferior, and I'm not good, and you don't want to do that either, Okay. 
we're all part of the body of Christ. Can the eye say to the finger, depart of me, I have no need? That, t- that type of, of concept. Okay, so it's very important to understand that as well. You might have a big time gifting in one area because that's where God's really mega blessed you and that next person you might come in contact might not be gifted in that area that much. Well, he's a different part of the body of Christ. So, that's the kind of hypocritical judgment we don't want to be getting into. We want to be staying away from. You know, well, bless God, you're not doing exactly what I'm doing, so I'm better than you. Well, maybe they're not called to exactly do that exact thing. You know? So, that is when the, the, the whole judgment, judge not lest you be judged, I believe, really kicks in. So, let's go further. Oh, boy. Um, in thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. So, again, that talks about rejoicing in the name of the Lord. You know, making a joyful sound, praising the Lord, worshiping God. These are all things that um, that are very important. And very important in battle with the devil. Psalm 89, uh, verse 17. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense. See, that's where our defense is. The Lord. And the Holy One of Israel is our king. So... Just some good, positive, edifying, instructive verses on the Lord, you know. So, let's go actually now into the study, so we can kind of get into that. Okay, so let's get into the study here. Uh, First report, this just came out today, what is not being said publicly. Ebola's virus hyper-evolution is unprecedented, could go airborne. Um, the last several months have led to much, I believe this is from the New York Times, the source of this first part here. So, bear in mind the source of where it's coming from. The last several months have led to much confusion about the spread of the Ebola virus. Health officials and governments first denied that a serious threat existed and took no significant action to prevent its spread outside of West Africa. Then, after it had made its way to six different countries in the region... Officials at the World Health Organization and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control started to panic. Apathy gave way to real fear that we were facing a virus on a whole different scale than ever before. At its current rate, some mathematical models show that the virus could infect anywhere from 20,000 to 100,000 by the end of the year, with over 4,000 people worldwide having been infected thus far. I hear like yesterday that went up by 200. So it seems to be now it's it's starting to get in that exponential phase where it's really starting to more and more people every day. About 2,300 people, over 50% of those who have contacted it have died. So it's got well over a 50% kill rate right now. Although the CDC released a recent report warning travelers that the virus could leave infectious material in the air. Well, what does that mean? That means it's airborne. We've already proven that, that this thing is airborne. Um, They're still saying, though, it's not. Well, why? So that they can lie more and and cause more um, disinformation to go out regarding it, so supposedly there's not a panic. So definitely what we want to do is when there's a real threat to something, you want to make sure you lie a lot about it so people don't have the full full story, you know, because that's going to help people, you know. (laughs) Um, 
they were careful to say that it was not capable of spreading like other airborne viruses, such as the common cold or flu, though. But with the way the virus has mutated and spread thus far, to say that the world's top medical professionals and health officials are worried would be an understatement. Ebola has infected more more humans in the last nine months than all previous outbreaks in the last 40 years combined. The concern, according to officials, is that it has had an opportunity to mutate, and it could eventually go airborne. In other words, this is getting worse by the day. This is not something that, like, we could say, like, okay, the last time I did a study on this three weeks, a month ago, or whatever it was, that it's the same as it was then. No, it's actually much worse, and it's getting much worse by the day. Containment has failed on this, and that's what we're, we're dealing with here. So, what is not getting said publicly, despite briefings and discussions in the inner circles of the world's public health agencies, is that we are totally in uncharted waters. There are two possible future chapters to this story. The first possibility is that the Ebola virus spreads from West Africa to the megacities in other regions of the developing world. This outbreak is very different than the 19 that have occurred in Africa over the last 40 years. It is much easier to control Ebola infections in isolated villages. But there has been a 300% increase in Africa's population over the last four decades, much of it in the large slums. What happens when an infected person yet to become ill travels by plane to Lagos, Nairobi, Kinshasa, or Mogadishu, or even Karachi, Jakarta, Mexico City, or Dhaka. The second possibility is that one of the virus is one that virologists are loath to discuss openly, but are definitely considering in private that an Ebola virus could mutate to become transmissible through air. Well, that's again, that I believe by all of the things that we have went over, the facts we've went over in previous studies and the ones we're going to be going over today, that has already occurred, at least to a certain extent. Uh, the current Ebola virus is Hyper-evolution is unprecedented. There has been more human-to-human transmission in the past four months than most likely occurred in the last 500 to 1,000 years. Each new infection represents millions of throws of the the genetic dice. Source, New York Times. The report goes on to say, in the event of the Ebola virus going airborne, research models show that it would quickly spread to all corners of the globe, infecting and killing millions. Now, I, I sent out that. It's a little map, and it shows you how Ebola can spread, um, or their projected spread rates. And um, this report, you can click on it. There's a link here in the PDF for uh, September 14, 2014, at contendingfortruth.com. The PDF, they're always I always put up a PDF with the audios for free with every teaching. That report if you want to click on that, we'll show you that. It's just nothing I can play on air because it doesn't even have audio, I believe, with it. It's just a visual representation. It's um, <clears throat> So you, if you want to, you can watch that. U.S. hospitals are already preparing intake areas in case the virus hits home, and a congressional report earlier this year says that Ebola detection kits and mobile response facilities have been deployed to National Guard units in all 50 states. Thus, while the public remains oblivious to the seriousness of the threat, the government is rapidly ramping up preparations. However, and that's kind of the way they want it. 
They want the government, the, the populace to be really not doing anything. Or not doing a whole lot. Because then when it does get here, they're going to have a much higher likelihood of being able to control the population that's done next to nothing to prepare for it. Now, I'm not saying all the population. I'm not talking about my listeners. I'm talking about people just in general. Uh, so, <clears throat> they would much rather have it be that way. Let's see here. So, um, however, it may be all for naught should the current Ebola strain become transmissible by air, which I believe it already has. In such an event, millions of millions will contract the virus and the medical systems in the United States will be overwhelmed. Now, I'm not saying that it's mutated maximally to the point where, you know, somebody with Ebola is just walking through an airport can infect the whole airport, like the show, like Outbreak. You know, I'm not saying it's gone that... I'm not saying it's gone to that level of mutation, okay? But I think that it could, and I think especially with... Um, Big Brother, if you want to call it, the powers that be, the New World Order, with their agenda to, to depopulate the Earth to 500 million, according to the First Commandment of the Georgia Guidestones, um, with their obviously obvious need and desire to do that, which would be like you're talking 90 to 95% reduction of the world's population. Um, they could ensure that that mutated version gets out at the proper time. Let's say this isn't happening quick enough with what's going on in Africa. Well, how easy would it be to release a really uh, genetically engineered ver mutated version of Ebola in that same region, which, or in, let's say, surrounding regions in Africa, so you could blame it all on that. Oh, gee whiz, we... We couldn't, um, couldn't contain it, and man alive, did you see what happened last week? All of a sudden, it just started really being human-to-human -human transmissible. I guess it's truly went airborne now. So, this is, would be so easy <laughs> to, for, for them to do that in this scenario. And again, this is probably the main thing that I've been warning about since I started this ministry in 2006, since I did that 14-city tour about the avian flu. It's the same exact concept. Exactly. And if you haven't seen that presentation, it's just applicable today as it was then. Just key in, um, or go to, uh, go to my website and click on the alternative site there on the right-hand side. And then scroll down to the right-hand side and you can actually watch most of the presentation I did in Topeka, Kansas, at the uh, Prophecy Club, when I did that. It's there. So, I don't think it's on YouTube anymore, because, you know, they wanted to make sure they got that off there. I'm sure Prophecy Club, due to copyright or whatever, because we want to definitely ration the bullets and make sure that only people that are paying for it can see it. <sighs> give me a break. That's why I give everything away for free. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Make Oh, no, no, only the special few that can pay for it can... No, no, it needs to be seen, that type of information, so people are warned. So anyway, um, <clears throat> let's go further here. So, 
This leaves preparation on an individual scale the only viable strategy. The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. There's a lot of Bible verses um, regarding that. You know, a man that provideth not for his own house is, an in, is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. Providing in, in that regard is um, absolutely, their, their protection is connected with that. And obviously, provision, providing, you know, that it would fall under this umbrella. Now, I'm not saying that God... I don't want to try to put God in a box here and, and, and say that everybody needs to do this and, and everybody, because there could be, you know, people out there that don't have any money to do, make these types of preparations or any extra money or, or very few of them. And I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect you exactly where you're at and you might not need any of this stuff. I'm not saying that, but I'm trying to cover all the bases. I'm trying to give you the big picture. Okay. If you have any conviction whatsoever, Here's what I'm saying would probably be a good idea to think about doing, you know. And what they recommend here is um, Tess Pennington, author of the Prepper Blueprint, there's links to her things here, recommends that every family prepare a sick room um, and stock up, and there's a link to what a sick room is. Um, It's actually a room that that you have, like, big faces on there and all of them look real sick and they have thermometers they're like the smiley faces but with an upside down like a frown and they have thermometers coming out and they're they have fevers and that's what a sick room actually looks like okay so you you kind of get the idea that no i'm just sorry i made that whole thing up anyway so you stock up some on some uh essential pandemic preparedness supplies and there's a link to that now i've given I've given derivations of these in the last Ebola studies I've done. I've given a lot of prepper, uh, prepping pandemic. So if this is the first time you're hearing this information and you really want uh, where I go into this a little in more detail, just search my most recent teachings and just do a keyword search for Ebola on my site and you'll see it, my most recent teachings, where I went into all the stuff in depth, okay? Um, and I've also went into a lot of this on the, um, all the prepper pandemic studies I've done in times past. Now, that alternative site that I mentioned, if you go to my website at contendingfortruth.com, you scroll down, you key on the alternative site, that site, and I'm, I'm just going to do that right now here, just so I give you, I know I'm giving you the right info, um, yeah, it says alternate site on the right hand side of my website. And it's going to take you to current events and Bible study listener of mine. And thank God um, for this listener. And um, they have put up, it's kind of a mirror site of mine, kind of like a mirror site. But he's even got a little more in there. And there's that Avion Flu Killer of Millions uh, MP4, if you want to watch that that I mentioned earlier. He's also got a new link at the very top. It says, New Preparedness, Survival, and Pandemic Teachings. And these are like, like my main ones, End Time Preparedness, Prepper Mega Study, and a lot of those things. So if you want to avail yourself of that information, uh, it's all up there. It's all free. PDFs are all there. And that'll, that'll load your boat for quite a while. So, <clears throat> This 
these are um, some essential pandemic preparedness supplies. There's a link to that. This is not just for Ebola, but for any potential contagion outbreak in the future. The very basic considerations in such a scenario should include methods of quarantining those suspected of having contracted an illness and protective equipment for those providing treatment. These items are recommended are N100 respirator masks. I would say, that, yeah, that would be kind of bare bones minimum. Um, N100s. Uh, Tyvek body suits. Now, that would be bare bone minimum as well. Because uh, I'm not sure 100% how well Tyvek would regarding a barrier to some type of highly contagious biological agent. And it would be like the low man on the totem pole, I would say. Protective eyewear, uh, gloves, and shoe covers. Now, there's links to every one of these things. I think they're all, which I don't like using Amazon, because they're, they're, they're associated with some not good stuff. Um, but even if you found them here and then bought them elsewhere whatever the Lord's given you a piece about doing. Um, Approvedgasmasks.com is also another good site that has a lot of stuff on there. I was on there the other day. I was actually getting some stuff. And um, they there was, a, there was a lot of stuff, though, that was sold out, I'll be honest. I mean, if this stuff starts to get bad, let's say it really, really starts to, to start hitting in America. This, you're not going to be able to find this. These things are going to be sold out. So, you know, if you can get them, if, if you have any kind of conviction to get them, I'd try to get them now. Some of, and a lot of this stuff isn't that bad. You know, the, the N100 respirator masks, Tyvek body suits, protective eyewear, gloves, these are not anything that's going to break the bank. Okay. Um, so, anyway, there's links to all that here. And then approve gas masks. Com. I'm pretty sure that's the website. Um, they have a ton of different things there. I mean, they've got full biological containment suits, you know, which I think I would look rather dapper in, a full biological containment suit. But, you know, they're a little out of my price league, price range. But um, anyway, just kidding there, sorry. Uh, so, moreover, should such an event grip the world, millions of people would be in panic mode. Normal systems of commerce would break down, leaving many without food, clean water, power, thus preparing for a scenario where the world, as we know it, literally comes to a screeching halt. Uh, and is also important to consider. So, that was that report. Now, let's go ahead and just play this little uh, audio that uh, Paul Joseph Watson put out yesterday. And it's entitled, Experts Ebola Could Go Airborne, Kill Millions. Again, I really believe it's already airborne. They've even li issued list, um, warnings that it's essentially airborne, like the warnings they're listing for planes and things of this nature. Um, I just don't think, obviously, it's airborne to the point where you, you get the movie Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman, where the final mutation occurs in that movie theater and the guy coughs, and it shows him the, you know, the little mucus droplet going out or whatever, and another person inhaling it, and then, then it just spreads like wildfire at that point. You know, then they have to like essentially firebomb incendiary the whole town in order just to contain it there, or it's going to spread to the whole world type of deal. So obviously it hasn't done that. And 
remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is in control. I don't see any Bible for 90 to 95% of the population dying before we even get into the tribulation. I mean, if that was the case, it would be mentioned in the Bible. Okay? Where we would have, like, okay, 95% reduction in population, then we have the tribulation, and on top of that, then we lose all this other... I mean, that would be... A nine, I guess what I'm trying to say is a 95% reduction in population prior to the tribulation would be an event of much greater human lo- loss of life from a biblical proportion standpoint than even the tribulation would be. So it doesn't make sense for that to, for an event like that to have never been mentioned in the Bible. Okay, so I don't think that that this is going to be up that at that scale. I think if Satan had his way, it would be. Why? Because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He'd like to kill every single one of us. Because humans are created in God's image, and he doesn't want any reminders of that, and he wants to annihilate God's creation, because he figures that's one of the only things he has left on his agenda that he can do to get back at God, for kicking him out of heaven. And he brought it all on himself. Okay, now, yeah, it's a little bit of that speculation, but I, I think that <laughs> that factors into the things how Satan thinks. So, let's go ahead and play this. Now, I also listed a lot of the information from this audio here on the PDF. I'm not going to recover it, but it's here if you want some of the particulars that are going to be talked about in this little uh, five-minute video. Or, yeah, it's five minutes. A little over. That's me doing the sound effects in the background. I didn't want to say anything, though. I am I'm semi-talented Top in that. doctors and virologists are now confirming what InfoWars first reported over a month ago, which is that the Ebola virus has mutated, may have gone airborne, and could kill millions. In a piece for the New York Times today, Michael T. Alsterholm, the director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota, writes that an Ebola virus could mutate to become transmissible through the air. The current Ebola virus's hyper-evolution is unprecedented. There has been more human-to-human transmission in the past four months than most likely occurred in the last 500 to 1,000 years. Each new infection represents trillions of throws of the genetic dice, writes Osterholm. He continues, quote, If certain mutations occurred, it would mean that just breathing would put one at risk of contracting Ebola. Infections could spread quickly to every part of the globe, as the H1N1 influenza virus did in 2009 after its birth in Mexico. Osterholm wants to know why more public health officials are not talking about the danger of Ebola becoming airborne. He cites a 2012 Canadian study which proved that Ebola could be transmitted through the air from pigs to monkeys. Of course, we were asking all these same questions over a month ago, and were called conspiracy theorists for doing so. Here's my appearance on Dick Morris's CBS radio show from August 6th. Um, one of the things that got my attention uh, is that there is apparently a real disagreement between CDC and Atlantis, Center for Disease Control, and the Canadian health authorities on the question of whether Ebola can be spread uh, by air, uh, which obviously is key in terms of its capacity to be a serious epidemic. Uh, U.S. says no. Uh, Canada says uh, it's very likely that it can be spread by air. Hasn't been completely proven, but uh, but remains a real likelihood. 
That's right. There was a study in 2012 by Canadian scientists who found that at least to a limited degree, Ebola, this new strain of it, had gone airborne because they put monkeys and pigs in a pen separated by a, a barbed wire fence, so no actual physical contact. And most of the monkeys in that experiment got the Ebola virus. They in, inhaled it, got the respiratory syndrome, and died. So they concluded that it was airborne to a limited extent. And as you mentioned, Canada's top public health agency then said, I think the quote was, that it's strongly suspected that Ebola has gone airborne. Another question related to that is, you know, why are these health workers, including the American experts, who know what precautions to take when dealing with Ebola patients, why are they becoming infected if they're supposedly, you know, they have all the protective gear? Uh, there needs to be, a, obviously, a, a transmission of bodily fluids, but they're all becoming infected as well. So the question is, you know, has Ebola gone airborne? That's, that's the major threat. The key question here is why so many health workers have been infected with the Ebola virus, despite the fact that they take extreme precautions to make sure they don't contract the virus through touching victims. Does this suggest that the virus is indeed airborne? The CDC has also urged airline staff to take steps to prevent the airborne spread of the virus, including giving suspected Ebola victims surgical masks, as well as directing staff to, quote, not use compressed air, which might spread infectious material through the air. The question of whether or not Ebola has gone airborne needs to be investigated, not by people like me, but by the experts themselves, although many of them are seemingly being held back from doing so by health authorities, including the CDC, who, as we have documented, are extremely reticent to give out any information on suspected Ebola victims in the United States. Remember also that if the Ebola virus was to hit the United States, the CDC and other health authorities would enact emergency procedures which could lead to healthy Americans who show no symptoms of the disease being forcibly detained for an indefinite period of time. In another development, a top German virologist caused shockwaves by asserting that the battle to halt the spread of Ebola in Sierra Leone and Liberia is being lost and that 5 million people will die. Jonas Schmidt Chanasit of the Bernard Nocht Institute for Tropical Medicine in Hamburg told Germany's Deutschwell that hope is all but lost for the inhabitants of Sierra Leone and Liberia and that the virus will only, quote, burn itself out when it has infected the entire population of these two countries and killed 5 million people. However, in a strange... T Did you hear that? That's a pretty major statement there. Now listen what happened after he made the statement. ...turn of events, just hours after our report was published on these comments, Deutschwell changed the headline of their article and removed many of the virologist's statements from the piece with no formal retraction. Including the 5 million people that are going to die quote that we just heard. They removed, removed that within hours of that coming out. This is called damage control. Okay, this is called massive, massive cover-up. Whether this was part of a deliberate cover-up or merely an attempt to prevent panic is unknown. Although, again, it underscores how nervous public health authorities and the media are in disseminating information about the Ebola virus. But again, top doctors, top virologists now indicating what we reported over a month ago, which is that the virus may be airborne and it could kill millions. Check out the other videos, subscribe to the channel. I'm Paul Joseph Watson reporting for Infowars.com. Okay, so that was an interesting little um, report there. And obviously some serious cover-up going on here.
Okay, so the next report is entitled U.S. State Department Orders 160,000 Ebola Hazmat Suits. What do they know that we don't? According to this new press release exerted from the Lakeland Industries, there's a link to their company, released just hours ago, this was, I believe, yesterday, the U.S. State Department has ordered uh, 160,000 Ebola hazmat suits, leading many to ask the question, uh, what does the State Department know that we don't? This was the press release, um, uh, September 12th, PR Newswire, Lakeland Industries, a leading global manufacturer of the industrial protective clothing for in- industry, mun- municipalities, healthcare, and first responders on the federal, state, and local levels, today announced the global availability of its protective apparel for use in handling the Ebola virus. Lakeland stands ready to join the fight against the spread of Ebola, said Christopher J. Ryan, president and CEO of Lakeland Industries. We understand the difficulty of getting appropriate products through a procurement system that in times of crisis favors availability over specification, and we hope our added capacity will help alleviate the problem. With the U.S. State Department alone putting out a bid for 160,000 suits, we encouraged we encourage all protective apparel companies to increase their manufacturing capacity for sealed seam garments so that our industry can do its part in addressing this threat to global health. So that's occurring. Uh, next report, the government of Sierra Leone has announced plans to conduct a three-day door-to-door nationwide public awareness campaign from Friday, September 19th, uh, to Sunday, September 21st, the goal of this house-to-house Ebola talk is to educate people about the EVD and identif- identity identify cases. Uh, they're trying to educate people and also identify cases, essentially. As such, all individuals in the Sierra Leone are being asked to remain in their residence during these three-day periods so they may be reached by volunteer teams. So, The comment here by the author is, unless these door-to-door volunteers are wearing full biological containment suits and then burning them, or I would say decontaminating them at bare minimum, after each household visit, this door-to-door visit plan by Sierra Leone sounds more like a way to ensure that the entire population is exposed to Ebola. I mean, think about that. You go to a place, and let's say they're in the incubation period, they expose you to Ebola, you go to the next house, and they're not, they haven't been exposed. Well, guess what? Now you become the vector of transmission. And you go about your merry way infecting every household you go to. So unless you're wearing a biological suit that is being decontaminated every, with every visit to every house, and how are you going to really do that? I mean, decontamination, you typically have like a separate room for that, like in a hospital where that happens. How are you going to... Are you going to have a mobile one? That's not going to happen in Africa. Especially Africa. It's third world as, as they are. There. And I'm not denigrating them. I'm just saying it, the, the, where this is going on is a lot in the, the back country of Africa. Very, very uh, poor. Not a lot of resources. They're way undermanned as it is. Yeah, this sounds like potentially a really, really dangerous thing 
The only way Sierra Leone's plan makes any real sense is if they believe the majority of the country has already been exposed to Ebola and will become ill soon. As such, they would need to keep the population off the streets as a legit logistical precursor to stage some sort of large-scale mobilization uh, slash quarantine. And they also added, and since it looks like this effort is going to be aided by 165 Cuban healthcare workers, there's a link to that report below, there is a reasonable chance that this will be a route for Ebola into the Caribbean in South America, meaning the 160 um, healthcare workers that are volunteering from Cuba bring it, let's say a portion of them bring it back in incubation period, which can be up to 21 days. They infect other people. Uh, I think you get the picture there. So these are some things to think about. Now, let's go further here. This um, is Pandemic Preparedness Episode Number 2. Mike Adams just released this um, in the last two or three days. Uh, And he's putting out these pandemic preparedness episodes kind of like what i'm doing but he's he's doing it from his his angle um and they're released at biodefense.com get prepared for the ebola explosion episode two now he's got i think i think he's gonna have up to six episodes i don't know episode two shares powerful truths like how humanity has created the perfect storm for global pandemic wipeout why modern medicine is utterly clueless about showing up personal defenses against infectious disease um, how many prescription medications suppress immune function and make people more vulnerable to pandemic infections. These are all things that, you know, are definitely good points. Why the entire infrastructure that supports your life is also vulnerable to disruptions caused by a pandemic outbreak. Uh, and again, the, the people in the cities are going to be the most at risk just because of population density. That by itself is going to make them uh, very, very high risk. Going further, why the entire infrastructure that supports your life is also vulnerable to disruptions caused by a pandemic outbreak. Also, how Ebola survives on surfaces, and it can't be killed easily with antibacterial wipes. This is why I recommended those that uh, essential oil blend for Ebola. Uh, it was a few, I don't know, a few teachings ago. You can find it in the PDF there. It tells you how to make it. I got all the stuff ordered. Um... Okay, so I actually bought these um, Spark Naturals, and they look. This looked like a very, very high quality product. It's got a proprietary blend of cloves, cinnamon, eucalyptus, rosemary. Um, these are all certified pure, farmer grade essential oils using this blend, and you basically take this and combine this with some uh, witch hazel, which they sell there. They sell the blue. Bottles. They sell the witch hazel and they sell the essential oil. They sell a lot of like essential oil stuff, but it's it's kind of like one stop shopping. If you have that, it would be a really good thing to carry with you for a regarding killing any potential virus, decontamination of surfaces, uh, um, even like if you had, let's say you had one of those Tyvek suits or one of those suits. And the only, like, seam you were dealing with was maybe a zipper in the front. I think what another thing you could do is spray the front and back side of the zipper with it because that could be a potential entry point depending on how uh, virulent it had become. That would be a, a barrier 
where let's say I, I can't I can't afford a full biological containment suit. It's not practical. Okay. Well, this is a way you could you could compensate for um, any type of air leak uh, in the suit where Ebola could actually get in. Okay. So these are just things to think about and. Um, uh, I don't know if there's a website on this or not. Spark Naturals, Inc., you can find it online. I don't see a website on the bottle. But I gave that, I gave all the info on that on, on a previous study. Oh, sparknaturals.com. Yeah, www.sparknaturals.com. So, a little bit of one-stop shopping there for that. So, let's go further here. Um, <clears throat> why municipal municipal water systems can be easily contaminated, that's huge factor. How a pandemic can shut down an urban infrastructure virtually overnight. Uh, why martial law is often declared during a pandemic. Why you may be ordered to, quote, shelter in place, as has already happened in Africa. The truth about how most people are 100% dependent on the very infrastructure that will fail in a severe pandemic. Um, why, if you live in a city, you need a realistic evacuation plan um, also, how these preparedness strategies will also protect you against power grid failures or nuclear war. Why preparedness is the ultimate expression of optimism. And so you can listen to this episode too here. And I also give the info on the um, Ebola and the uh, the mild silver protein. I'll give you that in the PDF here. Uh, 4 9 14, 2014 I've already covered this. I also give you the, the newest information I have on selenium. Uh, because selenium has been found to be almost totally depleted from the soils where Ebola is prevalent in Africa and has been found to be very helpful in prevention of e- Ebola. And I recommend the Invive, I'm sorry, the Innate Selenium 90 tablets. There's a link here. Uh, it is a professional line product, but there's the link. I do offer that as well. Um, I, it, that stuff's very any of our good stuff, and um, this is from a, 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 a. I think I read this before. This this little paragraph, but this is from a, a, a governmental website, PubMed, and it says computational genomic analysis of hemorrhagic fever viruses. Ebola is a hemorrhagic fever. A fever that is of a hemorrhagic nature causes you to bleed out of your orifices. It creates a fever that creates capillary fragility, which causes you to bleed from the orifices of your body. Eyes, ears, you, you name it. Okay? Okay, so, in this, in this report, they talk about Ebola being a viral selenoprotein. And a biosynthesis of this protein could impose an unprecedented selenium demand on the host potentially leading to severe lipid peroxidation and cell membrane destruction, contributing to the hemorrhagic symptoms, the bleeding out of every orifice. So the selenium, like the vitamin C, being low in that, or not having enough of it in your system, and what the Ebola does is is it depletes, it seems to totally eradicate the selenium and the vitamin C in your body, which is what ultimately ends up killing you, because that's the hemorrhagic part, where you just bleed out. Uh, it is well documented that selenium also plays a significant role in regulation of blood clotting. So, via its effects on 
Uh, these are some really complicated terms. Anyway, it seems as though that the selenium and the vitamin C are very, very much interrelated in that regard to the way that this... Now, it's not going to act like um, a mouth of a protein regarding eradicating the virus. Okay? That's a whole separate issue. Killing it is one thing. And again, I make that disclaimer. I'm not saying that there's this is a cure. I'm not saying that this or that. I can't say that. I have the, end of this, this, the disclaimer in the PDF. Got to be real careful what you say. Because only the guys with the white lab coats can claim cures for anything. But what we're dealing with here is going after Ebola would be one thing. Giving the body what it needs, giving the body what Ebola tends to absolutely, totally deplete in the body is a whole separate issue. Ideally, doing both, if you ever contracted it, would be the way to go. Meaning having an ample amount of selenium, um, really uh, all your nutrients, trace minerals, these types of things. I mean, like a good multivitamin, making sure that's at a good level. But having your selenium and your vitamin C levels at optimal levels before, during, and after any Ebola exposure would greatly, seems to, to be a great factor for helping that. Okay? Um, it's not going to directly go after Ebola and kill the virus, but it's a whole separate factor, and those factors tend to be the things that kill you. Total depletion of selenium, total de- depletion of vitamin C. That's what causes you to bleed out. And so I give you more information on the vitamin C. Um, Ebola patients will benefit high doses of vitamin C. Uh, you must put the vitamin C back in the body, and the Ebola has taken away. Again, for clarity, uh, here's what Ebola does that is fatal. And this would also apply to the selenium. It causes complete removal of all vitamin C in the body and selenium. No one actually knows what mechanism is involved in doing this other than a malfunction that is not permanently destructive to whatever is triggered to remove all vitamin C. All researchers know that vitamin C drops to zero and all symptoms of Ebola are consistent with a complete loss of vitamin C. Vitamin C, the whole C complex, not ascorbic acid, which is the garbage you're going to get 99% 99% of the time in a health food store or a Walmart or wherever. Scorbic acid is not vitamin C. It's just a component. And the way that ascorbic acid is produced in health, uh, in, in most health products, it's just a synthetic vitamin. It's a, it's a chemical that is the antioxidant portion of the vitamin C complex. Um, this is why I recommend getting your vitamin C from whole food sources. That's it, it's very important. I had a listener recommend this one product. I even bought a bottle because I, I try stuff. Um, the Dr. Schultz's Super C Plus. I I really believe the innate is a much better value though for the money for what you're putting into it. I mean I've I've tried it and and uh, I am trying it. I'm still taking it, but the tablets in relation to the innate tablets are much much smaller. Um, and I, I just think you're getting a lot more for the money on the innate, the professional uh, line. That's just my observation. Not to say that's not a good product, though. Um, it just seems like, you know, you'd, you'd have to get 
a ton of it into the system um, in order to get a therapeutic effect. In order to get a therapeutic effect in the body, you have to take a therapeutic dosage. When dealing with um, supplement protocols, and um, just my observation. So, uh, let's see here. And then it gets more into, okay, with regard to Ebola, um, the way Ebola kills is because of a severe cytokine release in the blood, blood vessel walls, which, um, if already irritated by a viral assault like Ebola, will rupture the um, blood vessels from irritation caused by a strong, what they call, cytokine release. With regard to Ebola, the exact cytokine is called IL-6, which is inhibited 41% with adequate amounts of vitamin C present. Okay. Um, this means that from this mode of action alone, vitamin C will reduce the impact of Ebola by 41%. If you combine this with the fact that vitamin C will strengthen the blood vessel walls as well, with the bioflavonoids and the things like that that are in the whole C complex. Now, ascorbic acid will not do that. But a vitamin C complex would do that. Okay? Um... The two ways vitamin C helps will work in combination to prevent death from Ebola, especially if Ebola, which removes all vitamin C, weakens the blood, blood vessel walls by removing the vitamin C to begin with. Okay, and again, I recommend, um, not to say that one's not a good product that I just went went over, um, but for the money, I think the vitamin C 400 from innate response formulas, it only comes in a 180 tablet bottle now. I think it's about the the best thing I know of for the money. Uh, they also make a C-complete powder, which is dynamite, especially if you're under adrenal burnout. And um, I told you I'd gotten Taylor on. I've had several listeners get on it. They take it in the morning, try to reduce ca- caffeine consumption because of caffeine. And if you're, here's how I know if, if, if you're low in vitamin C. If you drink a lot of caffeinated drinks, you're low. That also depletes the C out of your body. Not to the extent Ebola would, but it works in the same manner. The adrenals have to have vitamin C to function. The more caffeine you're drinking, the more stimulating the adrenals, the more vitamin C you're burning up. And unlike animals, we don't have the capacity to store vitamin C in our body. So we have to get it from our food sources. So if you're drinking a lot of caffeinated drinks and not getting vitamin C back, it's like whipping a tired horse. And then what that does is not only does it set you up for massive fatigue issues, um, probably blood sugar cravings as well. Uh, if you tend to get dizzy when you get up from either a line or sitting position, that's a dead giveaway. Your adrenals are shot. Um, it's, it's also going to lower immune system function. Uh, big time. When you get low in, when you shoot the adrenals down with caffeine and then you get low in vitamin C, totally opens you up to get sick. So that would be, you know, how many people are like that in America, where their adrenals are already shot. If Ebola came in here and they didn't have any C to begin with, and they didn't even know about it, oh man, I mean, it would overcome them very, very quickly. The C-complete powder is a good way to get it all jump-started, I think. Two scoops in the morning, and, um, uh, of the little scooper, and, uh, helps give you, uh, like, a natural energy boost without burning your adrenals out. It's actually doing the exact opposite. And then what you could do is transition to the vitamin C 400 once you got your adrenals built back up. 
It's not the only way to rebuild adrenals. Drenamin by standard process is probably the best overall way to rebuild adrenals. But I think the vitamin C is a huge issue. Um, people that crave salt a lot, typically, that's another sign that your adrenals are, are really uh, potentially shot, fatigued, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use there. Um, so, let's go further. Gates Foundation now funding an Ebola vaccine. So, I am really comforted knowing Bill and Melinda Gates, who have one of the most hardcore depopulation agendas outward, in your face depopulation agendas via vaccines, and this is all stated on record, I am really, really glad that they're going to develop an Ebola vaccine and that might be forced upon us all. I mean, that would be comforting is not even the word, you know. Uh, anyway, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has now stepped up to donate $50 million in emergency funds to propagate, I'm sorry, I mean battle, Ebola. <laughs> anyway, um, in other words, they're doing it to propagate it, whereas they say we're doing it to battle it. Well, then why did Bill say if we did a really good job on vaccines, we could reduce world population by 5 to 10% at that TED conference not too long ago? That was the quote. You can go up on the internet and hear it. He said it real in a matter of fact way, almost in passing, but he said it. And he acknowledged the fact that, he, that vaccines are a wonderful way to bring about depopulation. And, and here he's putting up 50 million, 50 million into the pot to battle Ebola through vaccinations. Thank you, Bill. Um, this is the most they have ever donated in response to a health emergency. It followed a report from researchers at Oxford University that the virus could eventually be spread like wildfire to 22 African countries. Um, however, there's one problem with this effort. The Gates Foundation is funding research into a new Ebola vaccine that everyone would be forced to take. Uh, fear appears to be the driving push for the cure. However, as reported by Bloomberg Businessweek, it said... What makes Ebola so frightening is the fact that there are no easy fixes, no vaccines, no cure. Well, this is all lies, but, I mean, with the vaccines, I'm not disputing that, but they're going to use those to propagate it. And no easy way to contain it. The disease might also be transmitted by bats and chimpanzees. Uh, indeed, the mysterious nature and rapid spread of Ebola has rattled health experts and professionals alike from all over the world. Experts from a number of global and national health organizations like the WHO and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, as well as Doctors Without Borders, a healthcare advocacy group that provides free medical care to economically deprived regions of the world, are all sounding alarm bells. They want a massive res global response at, to the outbreak that is yet to happen. As for Ebola treatments, the CDC says on its website that the experimental drug ZMAP has been developed, but has not yet been tested on humans. Uh, but as Natural News has reported, the drug actually has been tested on a sickened Liberian doctor. But it failed. According to Lewis Brown, Liberia's information minister, Dr. Abram Bordor, seemed to be improving after giving ZMAP, but suddenly took a turn for the worse, calling into question the effectiveness of this experimental drug. So, 
we have that. Now, I'm, I'm at the end of my time for part one, so let's go to part two here next, and uh, we will continue from there. God bless you. Scott Johnson's 800-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G for F-O-R truth, T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321, Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.